Hello everybody and welcome back to Escape Rocket. My name's Eve. I'm Will. And this week we are kind of f doing the finale to our massive ton of reviews um, of stuff that's come out recently. Um, and this week we're going to be reviewing Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's, it's another bit of a delayed one. Uh, even more so than Thor because they both kind of came out at the same time. At least Miss Marvel ended at the same time as little Marvel likes to do. Just Miss Marvel, just Marvel not planning properly again. <laughs> um, yeah, just Marvel releasing too many things. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, this show has been like the least watched of like any of the Marvel and Star Wars shows. Yeah, um, and I actually think that's a shame because I quite like it. Like it's it's an I wouldn't say it was one that had me on like the edge of my seat constantly, or it was like really gripping. Mm. But it was just it was a nice series to watch. Yeah, I agree. It was like just, I guess, just to jump straight into it. Like it was the first couple of episodes, especially were. I just had a smile on my face the entire time. It just, yeah. I was just so happy watching it. It was just like, Literally. it was just very feel good, and I, I had a really good feeling about the show. And it was like, okay, this might be one of actually the better shows that they've made. Fully, like. I mean, for those first two episodes, you're not even necessarily introduced to, like, any big overarching villains or anything. Like, it's just kind of very exploratory of, kind of, like, setting up everything, I guess, which was, it was just really wholesome, a lot of it was, or, like, it was really, mm. or it was really relatable stuff, so it was really good. Yeah, I agree, and, and like, the editing as well, like, with the creative flares that the show has with the cinematography and stuff as well. Oh, is yeah. like some of the best stuff I've I've seen, especially from from Disney Plus at least. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it was disappointing that they didn't didn't keep up with that too much after the first episode or two. Yeah. Um, which I think was because of the change in director, which is a thing that I think that a lot of the shows need to stop doing is getting multiple directors. Because yeah, it just it isn't needed. <laughs> no, and especially with this one, it's so noticeable. Like there's a huge quality dip after episode yeah. three. Like episode four and five were just so disappointing to me. Like it kind of came to such a grinding halt. Um, yeah. With the quality and, and how much I was enjoying the show because uh, it just was. It was different directors, and you could just tell so obviously. <laughs> yeah, like the the very opening to the show with like the little like scrapbook um, explanation of like Kamala loving the superheroes and everything. I love that to it. Like it gave it such mm. a. I don't know. I, I know it was like kind of childlike, but it was really, it was just nice to watch because I was like, this is really different to anything else. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, like that, that kind of vibe with the editing and the the creativity did get lost a little bit. But and there was so much of it in the first episode, and the bit that stood out to me was the texting. Um, yeah, where all the text appears like in the environment, it's, it's such a cool thing to do. It was really, really clever. <laughs> We got a little bit of that later on, especially like the final episode brought it back a little bit, and that's because the first and final episode were directed by the same person. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I think I've got them here actually. Yeah, uh, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah yeah. directed one and six, and they should have just directed the whole season because, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so much better. <laughs> like the the final episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel brought back the vibe. Like for the yeah. final forty minutes, and it was just like, okay, it ended on a high note. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like remember that episode one and episode six seem to have like clear, definitive like ideas set out. This is what's going to happen. Like everything seemed mm. there was a clear direction to it. 
Um, and then the other ones were either like trying to, I don't know, I guess live up to it or go their own direction a little bit. And it just didn't flow then, which was really annoying. Yeah. And I, it was the same thing with like, um, which show did I notice on a lot as well? I can't, I can't remember. Like there was, I think it was Kenobi maybe. Yeah. Like that kind of was a, a, an up and down thing as well. Mm. I mean, I've got like like one critique, I guess, of the entire thing, and that's that they kind of overused a couple of superhero tropes a little bit. So like the whole, oh, the parents had no idea this entire time that their daughter was like Nightlight. Like there was a couple things like that that really annoyed me a little bit because I'm like, oh, it's so overdone in superhero things. Um, yeah. And like the, the evil villain is evil kind of thing was like, <laughs> I think these are probably some of Marvel's worst villains ever. Yeah. And <laughs> and I think that's largely why I didn't enjoy episode four and five as much because it was like, I just, I don't know what they th- were thinking with these, with the, the, um, clandestine. Clandestines. Yeah. <laughs> They just, they weren't enough of the threat to me. That's that's my biggest problem. Like, they just weren't enough of a, oh, you're a really horrible person. It was just, oh, oh okay. You, you're morally questionable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, um, and even if they were, if they were aggressive from the start when they first met her, then it would be a little bit easier to take in. But the fact that they went from, we need your help when they've got a limited amount of time to, give us the bangle now and like ruin yeah. the wedding or whatever and it was like okay <laughs> okay we've gone from zero to a hundred so quickly <laughs> yeah um, and there was another instance where they use like a stereotypical trope of a film of oh the son is actually a good guy he wants to support kamala and it's like oh oh okay for a start <laughs> off of course he had to be namja's son like of course that had to be a thing and then he's like, he, yeah. he follows the stereotype of, oh, I'm going to be a good guy, though, because I don't agree with you, mom, and I love the pretty girl. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't agree with her either, because she was just straight up, like, moustache twirling villain. Um, but Oh, yeah, fully, like, psycho mom. <laughs> One thing that I also don't think helped the clandestine at all was just the explanation of the Noor and like how that works because I'm I'm still not sure like they wanted they needed the bangle to open up a gateway into the Noor dimension I think yeah but but then when they do that like when she strikes the bangle in episode 5 um yeah and you know she and then she goes back and then Kamala goes back in time and then when they come back the portals mm-hmm. open and then they get disintegrated by it and I just like I don't. I mean, I'm glad they got disintegrated, but also why? Why did that happen? <laughs> yeah, fully. Like you've been searching for this thing your entire time, and then you're like, oh, it disintegrates us. What? <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, it, again, it, it's it's the same thing with like the explanation of Gamala's powers. Like she's tapping into the Noor dimension. Um, she can do that like anyway but she needs the bangle to kind of unlock the ability like the bangle's kind of like uh, a telephone into the nord dimension almost like she's trying to i guess that's how i took it yeah um but then obviously with the other reveal at the end <laughs> um oh. which i which i have a lot of notes on <laughs> 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 then it kind of that kind of then 
says, oh no, it's that that gives her the powers. Or maybe it's yeah. that that... So the bangle maybe unlocks her, her X-gene, which allows her to tap into the Noir dimension. Which I can... Yeah. I'm fine with, but then why does Cameron <laughs> have the same powers? Is he also... Yeah, like... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's annoying. <laughs> like, the, there are things yeah. like that that need to be fully explained. They're not... They're going to be yeah. things that, like, you include part of the explanation of, like, well, I'm sorry, I need, like, a full-blown <laughs> sit-down ten minutes where you just, <laughs> like, go, okay, this is why this is happening. <laughs> um, this, is, this is why, like I was saying last week, we need Marvel to do, like, shorts where they just have, like, an explanation of a thing or a character doing a thing that you wouldn't want to include in the movie. Yeah. For the runtime. Just stick it on Disney Plus, boom. No dimension stuff. We now we know it, and now it's yeah. explained whatever. Um, Fully. Because <laughs> also, like, with the bangle, like, is it from the no dimension? Is it, was it just made to access it? Does it have connection with the Ten Rings? Because in episode three, I actually had to pause the episode, and I gasped when I saw the Ten Rings symbol uh, in the flashback. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, they picked up the bangle from a blue arm, which means, is, was that a Cree? So does it have Cree origins? Yeah. Like, there's just so many unanswered questions. Like, <laughs> Honestly, that was one of my biggest notes, was the fact that, like, we don't get an actual origin of this bangle. Like, the origin story is, oh, Aisha found it. And it's like, that's not an explanation of how this thing is a thing. Like, give yeah. me give me explanation. <laughs> I'm going to assume for the bangle that we'll get an explanation in the Marvels because of the post credit scene. Like, <laughs> if you want to talk about the post credit scene, have, where... Yeah, where your favourite character <laughs> comes in. <laughs> I mean, it was expected. I'm not going to lie. It's It was set up the entire series, but oh, she actually made an appearance. She was actually yeah. there. Ugh. How, did you, how did you interpret that scene? Because how did I interpret it? Body swap. I've seen <laughs> two different... Yeah, I've seen two different interpretations of it. One of them was that they swap places, like... Kamala was transported to wherever yeah. Carol was, and Carol ended up in Kamala's room, and that's why she looks confused. That's how I understood it. But I've also seen like, oh, Kamala shapeshifted into Carol. Yeah. Oh no. Um. So it's like, it's really weird because the effect that they used was kind of like a weird, like, like swirly, almost shapeshifting looking thing. But then she looked confused and yeah. looked around the room at like the posters of herself, as if she'd never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm st- again another thing they didn't explain is did she shapeshift or did she switch places? And I'm just I, I just think they switched places. Um, and I think that's my, what I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna assume the explanation is that there's two bangles and Carol found the other one and then they like somehow well, switched. Well, that's set up in the origin, I think, is that um, for, it was something like for the void to work, they need two bangles or something. And I thought that was what the premise of the series was gonna be was like. Kamala had one and then she had to go find the other to make sure that nothing happened in the void or whatever. <laughs> um, hmm. But apparently that wasn't a thing. <laughs> we went with a different story. Um, <laughs> which is fine. And, and um, maybe they'll do maybe they'll do like the comic origins things with the negabands, like the 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 Kree negabands where it's like the Captain Marvel in the comics had them and that's what gave him his powers yeah. and then Carol Danvers ended up getting them and that's what, where she became the next one or whatever. So maybe they're kind of doing that yeah. thing, which I think which which would work and that would be a, the Cree origin as well, so it explains the blue arm, but... Yeah. 
so so many interlapping <laughs> overlapping things like on a more positive note though marvel did a really good job with representing culture in this series um yeah at least from everything i've seen they've done a really good job on it um yeah i mean i'm not a, i'm not a, a muslim but I've yeah personally i'm not muslim a muslim people, or but... of pakistani origin but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, it just seemed very authentic and, like, they really tried to use, um, like, the proper terminology for things. They included, like, an actual mosque in it. Um, they spoke about, like, the, the whole <laughs> misogynistic patriarchy that actually exists in, in um, even modern, Mos- uh, modern Muslim um, society. So it, it was really good, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I felt like I learned a lot from it. Yeah, and it was nice seeing things like um, a traditional Muslim wedding with like the the hiding the shoe tradition, yeah. uh, which they took oh, too far because yeah. they hid all of the shoes. Um, yes, <laughs> and seeing the the Eid celebration as well, like that kind of stuff was just. It was so pretty. Yeah, it was great. To be honest with you, episode three was so pretty. Like the wedding was just beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. And like the little musical numbers and everything. <laughs> yeah it was sound a little bit when the when the clandestine came in screaming but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a little dampener um yeah <laughs> but other than that it was really pretty and like the colors in it were really bright and vibrant and that really added to like the love mm. of it all i guess oh and they represented oh Hang on, what did they um, referenced Bollywood hero, <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming that meant the Eternals. Um, yeah, really yeah, I think, they, I think they did re- <laughs> reference King Gary. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cute. I think wasn't it? Wasn't it a joke? Was it this one that where there was a joke that one of them uh, fancied Kingo Senior and one of them fancied Kingo Junior, and it's just the same. <laughs> oh, just... Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was good. Um, it was good. It was good. Actually, so one thing about the the final episode, it reminded me when you talked about colors, was the she got a costume finally. What do you think about the costume? Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm falling now into like a trap of everybody seems to be wearing red and blue, <laughs> um, which <laughs> yeah, is kind true. of conv- <laughs> it's it's really adorable if we're going for like the Avengers are going to look like a uniformed group but like it's not <laughs> when you're trying to be like this is an individual superhero but it also wears red and gold and blue and it's like ah. <laughs> um but no it was yeah. really cute and like this because uh, obviously she's a massive fan of Captain Marvel so the fact that her mum got her that costume and it looks like it's I would say a more conservative form of Captain Marvel's outfit. I really like it because I think it's just it's cute. Mm. Um, I, I I just loved the way it looked. Like when she first put it on and was running across the city, and you see her in like reflections yeah. and stuff. Like it looked so good. It looked like so authentic to the comics there. Um, and yes, I do, it I, I do just really like the costume in general, and uh, like the fact that the broken necklace had like the was where she got the S from. I'm not sure if that's in the comics. Yeah. No, it's not. That's that was Ms. Mar- the original Ms. Marvel's logo. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and like even the CGI, and I've, I've seen some people complain about it, but the CGI where she like steps down off the building and meets them in the alleyway, I thought that would just flowed so seamlessly. It just, I didn't just look great. Like, the final episode was looked great, I think. 
Yeah, and I do think... I mean, compared to some of the other ones, like... Uh, actually, that that was something that... It, it's the visual effects again. But it's... <laughs> it was more... Whenever, like, they were in a car or they were standing on top of a building, it was like, I can tell that this background is not real. Um, like, mm. it looked too blurry or it looked too... Like, the lighting didn't look proper or something. Like, it was just... I could tell and it really bugged me in those scenes. And then, like you say, we get to episode six and everything looks really, really good. And I'm like, this is why you need consistent directors. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the, the first director, in the, well, the episode, the director of the first and last episode wouldn't have let those things slip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think overall the CG, the CG was fine. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. a, a particular problem or particularly noticeable in this season. Um no, they, I think it was a smart decision. I think we've discussed this before, but like changing her powers to be what they were was like a smart decision. Yeah, VFX wise, um, yeah. and depending on how they go with the powers, again, we are very confused. But depending on like with the origins of what that is, it could also be yeah a good a good decision that way as well to power her up from his, for Captain Marvel or whatever. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I know it was a massive source of controversy when it was when like the first teasers of Miss Marvel was announced. But I actually really like her powers. Um, mm. Like not just like visually, they look amazing, and that's fine. But it's like I don't know; they just seem. It seems a bit different to everyone else, which is what <laughs> I'm kind of in the need for a little bit <laughs> with Marvel. It's like, not just this is the female version of this superhero or this is a younger version of this one. It's like, no, this is yeah. a different... Like, this child has a different power or whatever else. Like, I like that aspect to it. Um, And see... And, oh, not season. Episode 5 was really adorable how the... Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> um, how the circles disintegrated and then turned into, like, the trail of stars that Sana follows, and I think that was really cute. Um, yeah, that that was a cool thing, yeah. To be honest with you, I was overall impressed with that episode, because I think they represented the history of it very well, as well as, like, the... Obviously, the superhero bit. <laughs> um, but, like, the historical side of that seemed very, very accurate. Yeah, it and... As much as I didn't like episode four, especially, it was like it was cool to be in Karachi and see like mm. some authentic um, Pakistani culture. And, and although it wasn't filmed there, um, I don't actually know where it was from, no, no, but no. they like recreated it very well, and they've been good at doing that with like yeah. Moon Knight in Egypt as well and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like at the moment, although Marvel are kind of dipping in quality of visual effects and everything, they seem to be really upping the authenticity of the cultures they're trying to represent which i'm, I'm very happy with <laughs> um yeah. because it just leads to like that inclusivity that a lot of ind a lot of industry needs i think um so yeah it makes me happy <laughs> but uh, i did have a, a another kind of, well it's not really it's a negative note but not about the show um so okay. i'm in i've seen i'm in a group of, um about the boys on Facebook, I okay. know. Why am I? Why am I doing it to myself? Um, oh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much. There's so much hate from fans of the boys about Ms. Marvel. It's really weird. Like the, the this group, of, I've, re I've realized like the boys fans have become 
like so toxic and awful. It's like worse than Star Wars fans sometimes. It's like what is, what is going on? <laughs> and it's like the Jeez. it's like the I like dark humor. You know, it was just a joke kind of crowd. Um, yeah, where they just they just say like some horrible shit and then try and pass it off as as you know dark humor or whatever. And it's the same yeah. kind of thing. And and it, it's just been really weird seeing some of the comments people make about like the show. I just I don't know what why. I don't know, it's just weird. I can't even remember. I have, I don't even take notice of what they're saying anymore. So I can't really even quote what anyone said. But I just thought I'd point it out that there's been a lot of hate, particularly from, you know, fans of The Boys, which is obviously a much more adult show. Um, yeah. And they seem to think this is like, I don't know, some inferior create. I mean, it is inferior to The Boys. I, I'll just straight up say it. But <laughs> it's like, it's not yeah. inferior because it's because it lacks, you know sex and gore like. yeah 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 it's just yeah, that, it's that's annoying to be honest <laughs> um, <laughs> like they are two very different demographics if we're honest about it yes. <laughs> like the boys is very much not targeted to anyone below the age of 18 I would say <laughs> like the ideal target audience of the boys is 18 plus the ideal target yeah. audience for Miss Marvel is like 12 under <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, oh, that's an that oh, that's annoying. Just get over yourself. I think that. <laughs> I think that brings up another point of like superhero isn't a genre. Like, it's you can make films about superheroes, but these are like almost as far as you can get away from each other in terms of the genre. Other than the fact that they're yeah, about fully. superheroes, so yeah. Yeah, other than the fact it's, that they've been superheroes, that's about all the only similarity they've got. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's so irritating. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The boys fans, be ashamed of yourself a little bit. Like, control yourselves. Yeah. Um, the, the boys fans do see have seemed to develop some sort of like superiority complex because they they like the the gory adult sophisticated show over all the the you know yeah. the basic like or the marvel shows or whatever and it's just like get over yourself yeah the boys is great you can be a fan of the boys that's cool i'm a fan <laughs> of the boys too but yeah, like, exactly <laughs> what what's your problem literally like they're not oh my god they're not similar they're not meant to be similar oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that's genuinely angered me a little bit um yeah no in terms of genre they're not anywhere similar <laughs> they're just not yeah. um like i'm pretty sure even if you ask the directors of both things respectively they'd go yeah they're not meant to be compared in any way <laughs> um <laughs> jesus if anything, Miss Marvel is meant to be a kid's show. Like, I'm going to say it. It's meant to be... Uh, sure, there's people dying in it, but, like, I would argue it's meant yeah. to be a kid's show and The Boys is not meant for kids. <laughs> they are completely different. It's not even like the superheroes have similar powers, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rage. Um, <laughs> but no, on, uh, uh, on, on... Back on Miss Marvel... Um, I just wanted to point out a couple of characters that, that I really liked. Um, yeah. I really liked Kamala's brother. What was his name? I can't even remember. Amir, I think, wasn't it? I, th- I think, yeah, I think it was Amir, right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I think so. All the way through, he was just like, 
a nice, a nice little amount of him, and it was just like good comedic value. And the call back to the joke about the Great British Bake Off was was very <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, overall, Emil was a great character, and also I want to point out uh, Anjali Bamani, who plays Aunt Ruby, one of the Illuminantes. Um, oh my god, yeah! I, I just I got so excited when I saw her because I love I love <laughs> her and in everything she's been in so far that I've seen her in. She's really um, great. I mainly know her as a voice actress, but like, yeah, it was cool seeing her. I was like, oh my god, that's her! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I know that voice. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I think it's one of the few shows where I think actually all the side characters were relevant and had something to do. So like. Mm. Um, the parents were the parents and obviously their role was kind of set out from the beginning shall we say <laughs> like they had a very very stereotypical character arc of we'll accept our daughter at the end because she's a superhero Um, but like all of the side characters seemed to have some relevancy and like they weren't used in one episode and then we didn't see anything of them ever again it was like <laughs> they were semi-consistent throughout all the episodes bar i would say episode five um for a couple of them so it was just it was nice because it meant that you you actually got that family feeling because you were like oh okay amira's actually still here or like oh there's yusuf in the background or something like they were still relevant to everything even if they weren't necessarily speaking or they weren't taking a massive part in that scene yeah i agree that that worked really well i think like there there wasn't really other than the clandestine and i would say um cameron probably there wasn't really like a weak link in the cast if you forget about like the villains like no. i say like, it's the main cast and the family <laughs> and stuff and the family moments yeah. actually were by far the best parts of the show um yeah like the superhero stuff was it was fine some it was probably subpar for marvel but yeah the family stuff every time kamala was talking to her dad and like uh, having a heart to heart i was just like it was it was so good and like the way she got her name at the end um yeah and now, like you know, in Urdu, uh, Kamal Kamal means Marvel or whatever. Um, it's just yeah, like exactly. it's just so yeah. I, I love I love her dad in this is especially. It's just like uh, I felt so amazing. bad for him with the Hulk thing. Oh, the Hulk oh. costume is. <laughs> oh no, not the Hulk costume! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt so bad for him in that scene. Um... <laughs> <laughs> still funny but oh um yeah no but i agree with you like all of the relationships between everyone in the cat like in the cast of this um series was so believable and so authentic like you really did believe that um i can't think of the character's name oh no kamala's mom was kamala's mom like you you really felt that that was like an actual relationship and then the whole idea of sana the grandma is a strain like is distance from the mother a little bit you got that instantly from things like it was just Mm. all of the relationships between characters were so believable yeah and even like like those side more side characters like sana were like got their own little um kind of full circle moments and like rekindling yeah. the relationships like like the mother daughter uh thing in episode five and then like yeah. seeing the photo that kamala had bought back from the past or whatever it wasn't the i don't think she bought it from the past but anyway she you know looked at the photo of her and her family and it was like some really quite touching moments yeah 
was I going to say? Oh, that was it. Aisha. I loved her character, and she was so pretty. <laughs> like, the actress who played her was so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but her makeup looked so out of place. And I don't know if this was just me looking at it from, like, uh, someone who... Well, it probably is. From someone who wears makeup a lot, it looked very modern, I would say, from for where, the, like, the mm. time period it's meant to be set in. I would have said that, like, some of that makeup looked very, very... Get modern, I would say, and Aisha's not meant to be a modern character. Um, yeah, I can see that actually. I, I didn't really notice it, but I guess she probably really wouldn't have been wearing any makeup, you would think. Yeah, exactly. So, like, her eyes seem yeah. to be like heavily lined with like a really thick mascara or false lash on. Um, and I get that that's possibly to maybe enhance her beauty or it was meant to like, I, I don't know, but like if you compared it to Namja, Namja looked more authentic to me than. Aisha did, at least for time period wise Um, so that was like a little thing that I I pulled up Um. (laughs) well I mean speaking of that time period it was was nice um, seeing people talk about um, partition and stuff because that isn't, it's not even a thing we learn in school and I'm not surprised because you know the British are the villains of the story and so they probably wouldn't teach us that but you know, it's yeah. I I mean, I learned stuff about it. I already knew some stuff about it, but I learned mm. some stuff about it. I've heard a lot of Americans, especially, say that they didn't even know it was like kind of a thing, and that that was like a nice to learn about that. And so I think that's another thing that people have been opened up to. Yeah. Um, within the culture, and the fact that everyone has everyone has a partition story, and it's never good. Like that was a good line that uh, yeah, I was. really kind of appreciated because because it's quite powerful. Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm on about, like, culture-wise and, like, history-wise. That bit was so... Like, that episode was so, so, so good. Because it got... It, it really, like, uh, created a... Uh, almost a POV of someone going through the partition. Obviously, like, they had to add in, like, the whole fact that she's trying to protect her family from superhero type of... Like, from supervillain type of thing. Um, yeah. But... Like the large part of it was ridiculously accurate, or if, or from what I know of the the event, anyway, it seemed very true to what actually happened. Um, and it was just like you say, so many people don't know about it, and that's I'm very <laughs> I'm happy to know that Marvel are almost trying to educate people on things, because um, mm. like. And this is in no way to critique the Americans because I've never done it before on this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> the American education system does not teach history. Like, don't get me wrong, the British no. the British education system also doesn't really teach history. But we at least learn about different cultures. Sometimes Americans really don't learn about anything other than other than American history. Um, and it's yeah, I I think it's kind of. Um, almost a step forward for Marvel to be like, okay, we know that kids aren't learning these things, so let's do a bit of history in this show to <laughs> teach the kids something. Um, even if it's yeah. like only a tiny bit and it's like half an hour of an episode, that's still half an hour of another culture's history that you're learning about. And like you said, you didn't know everything about it. So it's little things like that that I think Marvel need to like really grip onto because I think <laughs> that should be one of the biggest takeaways from the show is that um, there is so much to learn about other countries and other cultures that it just needs to be included standard. Um, 
Yeah, and, they, and I guess Marvel did it in a, yeah. like, a fun way <laughs> by including superheroes in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think there's that many projects coming up that would really have the opportunity to do that kind of thing. No. Um, <laughs> like looking at the slate. Obviously, we had um, this past weekend, we had uh, Comic-Con and the big Comic-Con panel, which we will be discussing. Oh, in detail, uh, we will be discussing this. Because we've got an episode next week, but the week uh, weekend, the week after, we will be doing a, a news episode with all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But, Back with a bang. Yeah, looking at that, doesn't <laughs> seem to be much... Maybe uh, maybe Kang stuff, maybe. history, time travel stuff. We might get some of it, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like I say, I'd like to see... It. I mean, Marvel are doing an amazing job with culture at the moment anyway. Like, they really hit the nail on the head. Or, should I say, they hit the ground running with Black Panther. Like, they really set the ball high for themselves. Um, not necessarily, like, completely 100% accurate African culture <laughs> with that film. But it's like they really tried to include as many people as they could who knew what they were talking, who like, who knew what they were on about. Um, and the mm. fact that they've continued with that, with all of these shows where they're bringing in different cultures is one, like I say, it's amazing to see. Um, because like, you, that means you are almost guaranteed that accuracy. Like you're guaranteed with Moon Knight, you're guaranteed to know, um, like that's the right Egyptian history and the the right Egyptian god you're bringing into it, and then with this, it's like you're bringing in the partition, but you're doing it properly. You're doing it justice. You're not um, undignifying its name or anything, um, or making it less significant than it was. So, like I say, it's just <laughs> I would love to see more from Marvel, but like we say, there's not a lot coming up soon. Um, or should I say quite far into yeah. the future, <laughs> um, sadly. But hang on, you never know. We yeah, might get little bits. <laughs> we, we'll probably get actually some of it. Thinking just just remembering now in Wakanda forever this year, oh. um, <laughs> with like with more even more African culture and yeah. Mayan culture probably as well. Yeah. So we get some like South South Middle American stuff with Atlantis and that, which is the first time we've really had any kind of um, Hispanic representation as well. So. Yeah. Honestly, Marvel bringing in so, all the cultures, it's great. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're nearly there. <laughs> we're nearly there, we're nearly at world domination. Um, <laughs> also, actually, you touched on this. I am so happy, I know I know British people play villains very well, etc. But I am so happy that the British were represented as, like, as big a arseholes as in, <laughs> in this as they were in history. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's nice. It's good to see like people who were, you know, the victims of these these kind of horrible things going on in their country to actually be like, yeah, you know, you guys sucked. <laughs> this, yeah, this point in history. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know it wasn't directed by someone who's English, so we could argue that that's the reason why they were <laughs> why the British were actually portrayed as bad people. But mm, yeah, uh, like if it was a British director, who knows whether they would have been represented as well. We never know. Um, but for the most part, like I liked the fact that it was um, at least in episode five, like it was accurate to the fact of them going, the British are coming. <laughs> um, yeah. And like it just, yeah, little things like that was they made that entire episode so much more accurate and so much more believable. Um and then, like I said before, the relationships in this show, there were little tiny things that just made it so believable. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. Like I said, it wasn't mm. a series that 
like broke the mold or it wasn't a series where I was on the edge of my seat I was gripped the entire time but it was just a nice show to watch it made me happy it was wholesome it was historically accurate <laughs> um it was great yeah I, I agree that was yeah it was it was the small character moments that were the best mm. and the the cultural moments but other than that it was just pretty average yeah. um but yeah <laughs> I enjoyed my time. So, as I've already said, uh, there won't be an episode next week because we're both away. Um, and this week has kind of been a bit of a time crunch. Um, so this episode is a bit shorter. Um, but there's one more thing that I wanted to say. So I'm just going to do this solo because Eve um, has had to go. Uh, and I wanted to discuss, which is kind of the big bombshell of the episode. Um, and that is that Kamala is a mutant. Um, which I think, I mean, they never explicitly said she was a mutant, but they said mutation and played the X-Men theme. So, uh, and that seems to be a little thing that they're doing. I'm not sure if they're going to continue doing it, but they've done it twice now with mutant characters and they've played the the, uh, X-Men animated series, Little Jingle, which is really cool, but I feel like that should be reserved for X-Men, not just mutants in general. Um, But, I mean... As far as the future of the mutants goes, uh, nothing was announced at Comic-Con, but we are getting Disney Plus Day um, early September, I think, is when it is. Uh, and we'll co- we'll make sure to cover that as well, so, so stay tuned for that when that comes out. But they might announce more stuff then. Uh, I imagine they, they will at least tease something, because we haven't really had any indication of any mutant stuff in the future and I did hear that that's maybe because there's uh, contractual obligations for some of the people that worked on the Fox X-Men movies to I think the contract runs out in a couple of years and so Marvel are kind of holding off on that for a couple of years until that contract runs out so that they aren't forced to work with the same producers and stuff for the Fox movies which I think makes sense and I think it will be a couple of years anyway because we've got quite a busy schedule for the next two years um, although 2025 stuff was kind of it wasn't it's was kind of empty we've got a few empty spaces there so maybe we'll see what's coming there on Disney Plus Day however Kamala so she's a mutant and like I said earlier her powers I thought they came from the bangle unlocking access to the no dimension for her but I guess the bangle actually activated her X gene which then allows her to access the door dimension. Again, not clear. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but I'm not opposed to the idea of her being a mutant. Now, I pretty, it's, it's kind of well known that Kevin Faggy doesn't like the Inhumans. Um, I think because because of some kind of disagreement he had in the past with Jeff Loeb, uh, which is still a thing, who tried to do Inhuman stuff. So I, I think Kevin is trying to distance himself and the MCU from Inhumans as much as possible. Uh, also, they had the, you know, the, the awful failed TV show a few years ago, so it just hasn't worked out. And in fairness, yeah, the Inhumans and Mutants are kind of similar concepts. They, they, they kind of have diverged in, in, in what they focus on, but I, I think they can definitely get away with combining them into one concept of Mutants. Uh, and just making the inhuman characters mutants 
uh, I think that would work pretty well. One idea I did see, uh, which I thought was really interesting, was that although they are both mutants, one one person I saw said that the Inhumans will have kind of a, a thing where they see themselves as superior to humans because of their mutation, uh, and that the, that the mutants and will have like uh, the Cree kind of inhuman backstory. Of, you know, the, the X gene has come from Cree experimentation uh, in human history, and maybe the Inhumans see themselves as like children of the Cree and and kind of superior, and and that's how they diverge the Inhumans and the X Men groups. Uh, maybe that's why the Inhumans may end up starting their own civilization on the moon because they they want to kind of get away from humanity uh, and see themselves. Uh, they don't want to be prosecuted by humanity because they're above that, and so they kind of isolate themselves and move away. Whereas the X Men stay on Earth to fight the the injustice, which is what the X Men is all about. And I really can't wait to see how they they show that because they never really did in the X in the Fox movies. But it, I really want to see the. Um, the societal issues of mutants. I mean, they showed it a little bit actually in Days of Future Past, from what I can remember. But that could be really cool. And and I can see the the Xavier Institute being like you know a safe house, and the X Men being like the mutant Avengers that that are kind of trying to prove to the world that the mutants can be a force for good, and they're not you know a threat to humans. Um, although obviously the mutant villains will be <laughs> proving otherwise, I suppose. Um, but yeah, trying to see the X Men like. Garner trust for mutant kind is is the way I, I think they should go with it. And yeah, Kamala being a mutant is like obviously it's it's okay that she's a mutant, but I don't want her to cross over with the X Men. Because the X Men are so many characters already that they need to focus on and that I think a lot of a lot of them haven't been done justice uh, in the Fox movies to this point, so or ever will be, I suppose, because they're not making any more, as far as we're aware. So I, I really think they should keep Kamala in the realm of the Avengers, uh, of Captain Marvel, if they're going to keep her there, uh, and and try not to interfere with the X-Men too much, because I, I do think, even in the comics, the X-Men have never fully meshed well with the rest of the Marvel comics, and so keeping X-Men as isolated as possible in their own stories while crossing over for events maybe like Secret Wars, which has now been announced. Well, I think that will will serve the X-Men the best. So, yeah. I think keeping Kamala her own thing and the X-Men their own thing is is the way to go with it. But yeah, um, that's kind of my general thoughts on on this issue. There, there was another... I've seen quite a few good theories about this. Which we can maybe discuss in a future episode about the like the future of the MCU, maybe after the Disney Plus Day announcements, depending on what they announce there. Uh, I I am expecting to see Deadpool three on there because that's one of the last, you know, projects that we know is happening because it's been confirmed by the trades, but they haven't actually put like a release date on it or anything like that. So I'm expecting that for Disney Plus Day. I'm expecting the Halloween and holiday specials, which we they've seemingly forgotten about uh, looking at Comic-Con but I, I can see why they would wait for Disney Plus Day for that because you know they are a Disney Plus exclusive. I assume that the holiday special will be part of Phase 4 and not Phase 5 because they made it very clear that Wakanda Forever was ending Phase 4 
but the holiday special would come out after that. So, uh, but it would make sense to end it on the holiday special because it's the end of the year. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, I expect to see those talked about at least a little bit. Maybe a bit more news on Fantastic Four. You would hope. I mean, it's maybe wishful thinking, but and perhaps they will have a, a director for Secret Wars by then. Uh, they've just announced that the director for the Kang Dynasty will be Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Shang-Chi, so that made me very happy, because I love Shang-Chi. But yeah, there's some exciting stuff, some interesting gaps to fill in on the on the release timetable, so we'll definitely let you guys know uh, when we're talking about that stuff, and we will make an episode on it. And yes, like I say, no episode next week, but do let us know if you want to see any other episodes, uh, give us some ideas. Um, we've got some things we want to talk about anyway, but you know we'll we'll always take ideas, ask us any questions, let you know what we think of my mutants theories, uh, and or just our thoughts on uh, Ms. Marvel in general. Um, start some discussions; it could be fun. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and yeah, um, see you guys in two weeks.